The cuts continue for the San Francisco 49ers, this time veteran defensive lineman Robert Kendiche. Could they make an addition as injuries mount now for the 49ers? A new little wrinkle to the Jimmy Ward injury, how long he might be out, and some news about Jimmy Garoppolo. If the New York Jets might come calling now that their young quarterback, Zach Wilson, has had surgery. And what about Jimmy ghosting the 49ers? More info on that. We'll get to all that on today's Winky Wednesday episode of Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. And of course, our weekly guest joining us on this fine Wednesday episode. If you're listening in the morning on your way to work, it might be a Tuesday evening episode. If you're listening right when I post it up on YouTube Tuesday evening, Nicholas Winkler joining the show once again. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Can't believe it. It's happening, Wink. Uh, I got to start with the preseason game. We got to close the book on preseason week number one, look ahead to preseason week number two here. We got the group practices coming up with the Minnesota Vikings as well. But, Wink, uh, anything you're stinking on? What, what was the big takeaway from you from that preseason week number one for the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I mean, you got to love, you know, what you see from Lance, right? I mean, that that's obviously the the headline nonstop because, he you know, he looked good. He, he made some really good throws. He made a couple of, you know, all right plays. He made the beautiful pass to Danny Gray. We all know that's why they got Danny Gray. That's exactly what we wanted to see out of Danny Gray. That was perfect. My, I'm stinking on the second play from scrimmage when Trey Lance is just like, okay, I'm going to try to run for that first down. And it's like, I know every single 49er fan out there did the exact same thing I did, which is hold your breath. Because you're like, no, don't. What, what are you doing? This is the preseason. Don't, don't get hurt. And, and so, yeah, obviously, I don't, I don't want to see Trey Lance doing any more scrambling here or any design run plays or anything like that in the preseason. Like, just lock that up until the games count. The slide was nice, though, right? The first yeah, ever slide was, in his life, it, apparently. It was still a little late, though. Like, he still got fell on, you know? Like, do it a little bit sooner. You know, you weren't going to get the first down. Like, just, it's a preseason game. Come on. Did you hear JT kind of JT O'Sullivan's breakdown of the play? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, he just kind of. Yeah, but now I can't remember it. what he said. He did point out some like, like good mechanical things that uh, Trey Lance did in the pocket, kind of ripping through, dipping his shoulder with both I hands on the that. ball, and talked mm-hmm. about ball security, and then talked about the reset to get in position to throw, and and then eventually take off. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it seemed like there was a there was some good to take away from it, even with. And it's good to hear. You know what? I love hearing a another quarterback's perspective on things because we see things and I see like, Oh man, like he threw high on this pass or, Oh man, he, mm-hmm. he, he threw that out, out of bounds and he was inaccurate. And you hear JT O'Sullivan talk about it. And he's like, Oh man, you know, just some things with his footwork here. It, that's what made him kind of late, you know? And mm-hmm. if he, if he can get to this step quicker, then the ball would be able to get out of his hands quicker as opposed to us just thinking, Oh, he's just waiting for a guy to get open. And it's like, no, nah, like that's not right. the case. He just, with his footwork that he took in his drop, it made him have to take this extra step because of a false step, and that's what made him late. So I love hearing breakdowns right. from f- former quarterbacks or quarterbacks in general, uh, the way that they see a-, a certain play, because on social media, that's not what people are saying. It was a good point, Wink, about the uh, the scramble, too, because he's 
um, he does keep his eyes down the field, and he did on that mm-hmm. play before he decides to take off, and you see that with him a lot. He's not a guy that just ducks his head and runs. He's tr- right. trying to look down the field, trying to make a play with his arm first before he makes a play with his legs, which is a really good sign, I think, for his development as a quarterback. And, you know, maybe he could work on the sliding a little bit. He was a little bit flat, like he was kind of like – uh, stiff as a board when he's on the ground, you know, didn't have, mm-hmm. he didn't have to bend to his upper half, but probably didn't play a lot of baseball growing up. Apparently. I don't know. He seemed like he'd be a pretty darn good outfielder. So um, we will, uh, we'll look for that for more sliding. He, he said he played baseball, but uh, I guess a few years he played baseball, but he never slid feet first. It was always a head first oh, slider. The head first slider. Okay. Okay. Maybe that makes sense. Yeah. He's the natural mm-hmm. head first slider. Okay. No, but I like what you said, Croc, that J.T. O'Sullivan was talking about how he reset. Because I did notice that. He did the step up. And then there's that inner inside part of me that's like, oh, he he's going to run. Like, because we got used to seeing that back in the day with Kaepernick, right? Like, he would duck down and it was he was gone. You know, he he, he was Kaepernick was never a guy that looked to his third guy, you know, or, or reset and got going again. But that's what that's what the 49ers want. They want him to complete the play, which a lot of times is, you know, it, that, that wasn't open. I'm going to step up in the pocket and then I'm going to reset. And then... He tucked it and ran. So, yeah, that, that was really good to see from the, the young quarterback who, again, doesn't have a lot of time playing football. So it's it's really great to see something like that. There there was one noticeable difference, or at least something I've seen, uh, you know, in comparison to Kaepernick, right? And you'll hear those parallels, Kaepernick, big, uh, strong, athletic quarterback. And uh, it, Cap had this kind of stiffness to his game where mm-hmm. he was very, very long-legged with everything. And yeah. you, you would see him and Russell Wilson on the same field, and they won kind of different with their athleticism, right? Like Russell Wilson, a little bit more agile in the pocket. And I don't think we'll say or confuse uh, Trey Lance for Russell Wilson, but he has a little bit more Russell Wilson type of elusiveness. Even on the sack, you see him kind of dip down, make a guy miss, mm-hmm. and then he just saw like, ah, there is nowhere to go right here. So then he kind of just went down and took the sack. But – um that's a noticeable difference between Cap and Trey sure. Lance. A, a little bit more stiffness in Cap's game. Yeah, totally right. Absolutely. I, and I've been watching a lot of those JT O'Sullivan uh, breakdowns, and all the young quarterbacks are struggling with that, stepping up in the pocket. And JT harps on those things, and you see it in there. They're bailing out the back door. They're taking off too soon. It's like, look, the pocket's here for you. Step up. You get a tick longer to survey the field, and there's this thing that's open that you should be able to hit instead of bailing out. And it seems like it's a pretty innate thing that the Trey Lance is able to do, and he's still got to work on it too, but it's something that all young quarterbacks, and you see all these young quarterbacks, and a lot of them struggled last year. And uh, it's not easy in the NFL, and there's just some smaller points to work on for all these quarterbacks. And so when you see them all in a row and you're watching a lot of those and you see things pop up for this quarterback and this quarterback and this quarterback, a lot of them struggle with that just to be able able to keep your eyes down the field, feel the pocket. Don't look at the pressure, feel it, step up in the pocket and still be able to make a throw because that's what the great quarterbacks are able to do. Has he broken down Trevor Lawrence yet? Because I would love to know that kind of the difference between what he's seeing Mm -hmm. with Trevor Lawrence and what he's seeing with Lance. Because Lance, I felt like it was fairly positive, right, with some of the things he was saying. Even talking about that throw that was, you know, out of bounds, right, kind of led Danny Gray out of bounds. But he was talking about how strong of a rocket of an arm Trey Lance had on that throw. But what were some of the things he said of Trey Lance if you've seen that breakdown? Of uh, Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence, excuse me. I don't think he's done Trevor Lawrence, or if he did, I hadn't seen it. Okay. Mm. I just watched the, the Justin Fields one earlier today. Um and yeah, that that was a big one for him, bailing out a little bit too early. But you know, some progression there from from year one to year two for him. Um, who was the other one I saw? I think I saw Justin 
uh, our, Zach, there was Zach Wilson. There was uh, you know, Jalen Hurts. He did a few. Um, I haven't seen all of what he's had this week, but obviously J2 Osolvin, friend of the show, former 49ers quarterback, 49ers legend, as some would say. And uh, always a must watch for uh, especially his 49ers content, breaking down the quarterbacks, the QB school on YouTube. Got to check that out. When are okay. we going to get that Nate Sudfield breakdown from him? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he goes. He knows what sells. JT yeah. knows, he knows what. Did sells you see up. how many views the Trey Lance video had in comparison to other videos? No. Oh no, man, it was like one video had like ten thousand views, another one had like eleven thousand views, and then there's Trey Lance, forty-four thousand views at the time I saw it. Mm, nice. No, the hype is real. I've been doing a lot of mock drafts for my fantasy football league, and Trey Lance, I'm watching it. Every single day, he's going higher and higher. People are really getting excited about it. And these are obviously probably a lot of 49er fans, too, but also probably just people around the NFL. They're like, uh, I want to get that next uh, quarterback. It's people around the league now. I don't know about yeah. like, you know fantasy, but the the tone in which they talk about him on national TV mm-hmm. is completely different than how it was even before a game where he only threw five passes, right? Yeah. But he heading into this season and preseason, it was, I mean, they would say a lot of negative things about him, and some are still trying to hold on to that. Even Colin Cowherd, I didn't exactly hear him say it, but I saw someone kind of tweet it out where essentially he said, Trey Lance, he still will never be an accurate quarterback. He'll never be a 68% completion guy, and, but he'll win a lot of games because he has Kyle Shanahan as his head coach. So he can't give him love because, you know, he's been pushing back. And, you know, for different reasons, people have speculated these different things Mm -hmm. uh, about Colin Cowherd and and Trey Lance's relationship with him or someone in his family. But uh, he's definitely soured on Trey Lance for whatever reason. And he's still having a hard time giving him any props. All right. So notes on the 49ers injuries coming up. We've got uh, Kyle Shanahan on I Am Athlete dropping some uh, some some nuggets and there is the uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff as well that we will get to coming up. But first, I got to let you guys know about my secret weapon when it comes to fantasy football this year. And uh, that is the Elias Game Plan app. And that season is coming quick. And everybody loves this time of year. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you might need that competitive edge to win. That's why the Elias Game Plan app exists. And I'm sure you guys recognize that name right it's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the nfl nba and mlb why because elias game plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports statistics the elias sports bureau which is the official statisticians of u.s pro sports leagues including the nfl their app lets you access team and player stats head-to-head and team comparisons elias insights from the elias sports bureau's research team uh, player news league validated player stats and team records expert game analysis for betting or building your fantasy team. So tons of research and statistics available on the Elias game plan app from the Elias sports bureau. So take our advice, download the Elias game plan app today with new features available all the time to take your game to the next level NFL season right around the corner. So don't wait, get ready for that fantasy draft. Get ready for uh, those big bets that could pay off for the 2022 season. Find the Elias game plan in the app store or play store today. Thanks again, everybody for making locked on 49ers your first listen. 
every day. However you play, get the latest NFL fantasy draft tips from Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Plus starting August 22nd. It is Fantasy Week. We're bringing you daily top 10 lists for Fantasy Draft Week. Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Dynasty, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys catch the I Am Athlete episode with Kyle Shanahan? No. It was a, they just finally released it because uh, Brandon Marshall was here. Remember, he asked that question about Kyle Shanahan about what his favorite play call was in a certain situation, talking about the looky, the looky Jaguar. Um, but later on that day, they they sat down for 15 minutes. It was short. Kyle didn't have a lot of time. It was Pac-Man Jones and Brandon Marshall chatting with Kyle Shanahan for the I Am Athlete podcast. And he said a few things that were interesting. One was something that we kind of already knew that it came down to Trey Lance or Mac Jones for the pick. That was the, the quarterbacks that they had uh, whittled down to. And that's who they were deciding on for pick number three. And Kyle Shanahan compared it to shopping for a house, which I thought was interesting because basically he said that when he goes shopping for a house with his wife, he picks out everything that's wrong with the house and they think you hate the house. And then at the end he decides, you know, I think this is a really good and we should get this house. And they're like, what are you talking about? I thought you hated this house. And he said, well, there's this, this thing, this thing, this thing, there's three things wrong with it. But if you th- fix those, this house has a ton of potential. It could be amazing. And so I guess that's what he saw in, in, in Trey Lance. He knew what the <laughs> negatives were, he, but he thought they were fixable. And he thought he had the talent to be the guy and had the bones to be the guy and, and, and be that, uh, that long-term house that he's going to live in. And he's going to have to live with them for, for as long as he's the coach of the 49ers, it, it looks like. So um, I thought that was somewhat interesting. And then he talked about how it was his – it was his fault that Brandon Marshall got drafted by his dad in Denver because he he was with the Texans and uh, he was a wide receivers coach and he was 26 years old, young coach, watching a bunch of tape for that draft that year when Brandon Marshall was coming out of a small school and he loved Brandon Marshall and his team wasn't going to take a quarter or take a wide receiver. So he knew they wouldn't draft him. So he called his dad and told him about him. And his dad said, ah, sorry, man, I don't, you know, I don't think we're going to draft him. And then turns out in the fourth round, they ended up taking him and he ended up being really good. So I think that's where some of uh, Kyle, and he, I think he's kind of, you know, uh, I think he had some bravado anyway, just because his dad coached in the league and was probably, you know, willing to speak up more than, more than others. But I think that's where his draft bravado comes from and, and why he's so involved with the draft and, has had his his pet players as it pertains to to draft picks with the 49ers, especially wide receivers. And he's had some hits and some misses. But he hit on Brandon Marshall, hit on Debo Samuel. And what do those guys have in common? They're really physical. They're really tough guys. And so I think that's one of the keys that you, you shouldn't forget when it comes to scouting players really at any position. You don't just win clean in the NFL like maybe you did in college. You could be super quick in college and look really good and you know come home and not have to wash your jersey. But in the NFL, you got to win dirty. And uh, I think we're seeing that with Debo. We saw that with Brandon Marshall. You see that with edge rushers. You see it with, you know, defensive backs. You see it with uh, offensive linemen. You see it with just about every position, quarterbacks too. So uh, you got to be able to win dirty in the NFL. I think it's a big lesson that Kyle Shanahan should take away from uh, his draft, uh, his draft scouting days, dating all the way back to when he was 26 years old in the wide receivers coach. I didn't realize yeah, I mean, Brandon all those- Marshall went fourth round. I mean, I remember when he was coming out, man, that was a big physical freak of a receiver. And there have been people trying to compare other guys to Brandon Marshall and his play style. But I'm like, Brandon Marshall actually was six foot five, like a real six foot five. And he could run too. Now he Mm. wasn't like, you know, running like Calvin Johnson, but I think going to UCF and then maybe some, you know, him trying to figure out himself still. And I think it's well documented his, uh, you know, battle with mental health and everything. And he's done a lot to help that community as well. But uh, 
he was a he was a legit prospect. I I, I didn't remember him going fourth round. Yeah, uh, Kyle had him as a, as a two, and there was also like a, something I didn't really remember about Brandon Marshall is that he played some safety in college as well. Hmm. He just like he wasn't a safety necessarily, but they needed someone to play safety, so he's like, oh, "Let me do it." And I think he let the team in tackles or something like that. So, um, yeah, a physical dude, a, a, a unique dude there. Um, interesting scouting report on Brandon Marshall. Interesting career he's had as well. And and he talked about how he had gone through a similar situation that the 49ers are going through because they had Jake Plummer and they were a good team when he was drafted in Denver. Then they drafted a first-round quarterback in Jay Cutler. So hopefully uh, Trey Lance is a lot better than Jay Cutler. Oh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned you, being tied on. to – the the, the, the the Jay Cutler disrespect. Jay Cutler was good. Now his yeah. issue was, it was almost like they he didn't care. But as far as yeah. like being like a legit good quarterback, he was he could he could sling it. If if Trey yeah. Lance if Trey Lance is the next Jay Cutler, we will That's all bad be news. We all I'd be, say if Trey Lance awful. is Jay Cutler that cares about football, then and throws less interceptions he, than Jay Cutler. <laughs> well, that's part of the thing. Because, but let's be honest. I mean, we talked about how, you know, Shanahan has tied himself to Lance because he, he has. They invested a lot in this guy. They gave up a lot of draft capital for him. So if he is Jay Cutler and, and you gave up all of that to move into, you know, up in the first round just to get this guy, I, I don't think that's enough. Like, I think you need to get somebody that's a higher tier than what Jay Cutler was. You need somebody that could, like you said, if he cares, because you want that passion, you need that. And you saw a little bit of that too in that preseason game as Lance is running over and getting his teammates first touchdown balls. Right. I mean, that that's what you need in a leader. And I don't think Jay Cutler was ever that guy in the NFL because no. as you pointed out, he didn't care. Right. But you could tell that Trey Lance does care and he likes his teammates and he wants to be the leader in that clubhouse. And that that's what you're looking for when you invest a lot into that guy. I think that's the, that's the thing right there. That's hard for, people to understand whether it's the, the team and they're trying to figure, okay, we draft this guy because he has all this talent and then, oh man, it doesn't work out. And then fans think it's this ability issue, but with Jay Cutler, like it wasn't about ability. Right. Dude was, uh, had yeah. incredible ability. He could throw a ball. I mean, he, he was great. He was good, but he yeah. didn't care enough to really take his team to the next level and take his game to the next level. And, and when you draft a Trey Lance and you trade up all those picks for it, it's because you're banking on those traits that mm -hmm. are really hard to quantify. Like, you right. know, improving accuracy, like, you know, you can do that. Like, over, over time, like, you can get better. Uh, but there are some things that are just extremely difficult to just teach. Some people have them and they don't. And two things that Trey Lance just came with and Kyle Shanahan identified it, aside from the physical ability right because we see that but he cares a lot mm -hmm. so the work ethic is there yeah. and then the leadership abilities and now he doesn't feel like he has to step on anyone else's toes jimmy garoppolo or whatever right this team. rookie coming in so now it's like okay i can kind of take on and really be the full version of me and continue to grow from there you all right guys I've got a name that the 49ers should claim from some of the initial cuts from teams around the league. Of course, the 49ers have cut one more player, Robert Kendiche. I'll tell you who that player is next. We'll talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo ghosting situation as well. If the New York Jets might be interested in him, according to Ian Rappaport. But first, let's talk about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league. 
including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf and live in-game betting and talking about NFL. There is a ton of things you can bet on already for the 2022 season at Bet Online. They've got weekly lines, not only for these preseason games, but for the regular season all the way through week 16 already. Bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, Kyle Shanahan, Coach of the Year? Sure. You want to bet on which coach might get fired first? They got odds for that as well at Bet Online, which continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. And it's not just about placing the bets there either. They've got a ton of information that can help you place those bets. So get over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile or desktop device and learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Peacock, real yeah. quick, before we jump into this, okay. I just looked up Jay Cutler's stats. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't want you don't want you don't want Trey Lance. He maybe had one or two good seasons, but I wouldn't Bro, even want those seasons, right? One year so so there was a year like year three, he threw for forty five hundred yards, he had twenty five touchdowns, eighteen interceptions. Yeah. The next year, no. twenty seven touchdowns, like okay, that's solid. 26 interceptions and then the next dude he had a three-year run of interceptions i mean my math isn't great but that's almost 60 interceptions in three years something crazy Mm -hmm. like that Mm -mm. that almost Mm -mm. 60 interceptions in three years span that's crazy yeah you definitely don't don't, don't be jay cutler yeah (laughs) trey lance trey lance had that one spectacular year in college won the fcs national championship through zero interceptions yeah. Let's hope he doesn't get the interception bug from Jimmy G and, and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. If you get a gunslinger yeah. like that, you want it to be more the Brett Favre style, right? Where you're throwing a lot of touchdowns and a lot yeah. of interceptions. Like That's a kind lot. of what color was. Color was like poor man's Brett Favre, basically. There you go. Let's see. Let's see uh, Brett Favre stats real quick. I know He's the all time interception leader, isn't he, Brett Favre? Yeah, I but I just so. want to see what it looked like. Uh, he, he was throwing a lot more touchdowns. Yeah. That's for sure. I see yeah. that right away. But I mean, yeah. you're going to see some. You're, so he's got a couple twenty interceptions. Seasons, yeah, right? he threw some picks, and and again, yeah. growing up in an area, I said growing up, you know, his game was evolving in an era where they did throw more interceptions as well. Yep. So I mean, there were guys. I think I saw Kurt Warner. He won the MVP and threw two, twenty-two interceptions that that season, and that was like two thousand something. So in the early nineties, like there were even more picks, and yeah, uh, Brett Favre had a year where she was <laughs> early on. I mean, third year, he had 19 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. <laughs> yeah, and good. then after that, he started like, I mean, 33 touchdowns, 14 picks. 38 touchdowns, 13 picks. You'll take 39 that. 39 touchdowns, 13 picks. 35 touchdowns, 16 picks. So, I mean, that's that was, I think that was, from an efficiency standpoint for that time, that was mm. really good. That's probably the years he was winning league MVP. Yeah. But yeah, thirty nine and thirteen. You'll take three to one, right? That's a good. That's a good right. number. I mean, the comp, the comp for Trey Lance is obvious. It's Steve Young. That's the that's the comp that you want Trey Lance to be. You want some efficiency right. with the athleticism, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you do. Wild stallion throwing a bunch of interceptions all over the place, even if he's making big plays. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, a distant relative of the the same West Coast offense that that steve young was playing back in you guys the day ready for this no hold, hold on what, yeah, what version of young, young stats right yeah yeah i'm looking at steve <laughs> young so we gotta say what version of steve young because well, you're talking about early not steve the, young not the, not the one with the mullet he, he after he cuts the mullet mm. okay yeah because i'm looking at some stats here again i know stats don't tell the full story but first year in tampa he was one and four 
threw three touchdowns and eight interceptions in four games. All right, in five starts, excuse me, in five starts. Uh, the very next year, they went two and 12, and he threw mm-hmm. eight touchdowns, 13 picks. And then, really mm-hmm. weird, San Francisco, goes to San Francisco, uh, appears in eight games, throws 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions in 1987. So all of a sudden, it's like, hey, Bill Walsh just got, got him, and he just got super mm-hmm. efficient. And then, you know, after well, I'm that, sure especially the like. Pass attempts, I'm sure. Because yeah. back in the day, five, seven step drops, and everyone's trying to chuck the ball over the place. They were throwing way more picks. And the West yeah. Coast offense comes in, you know, the, the passing game is extension of the running game. Easier throws, shorter throws, higher percentage, lower interceptions. And mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing a, a huge influence of that now. But there was still, you know, a lot of quarterbacks. He, like he threw a, that threw a, a, ton a of high picks. percentage. There still was some some seasons where he had some picks. Uh, 29. So this is 1993. And it looks like he was first team all pro. 29 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. Mm. More than that I was thought. like oh. his most for like, I think. Yeah. Oh, we, we need. We need Trey Lance to become like 30-year-old Steve Young by the time Lance is 23. That's the thing. I'll buy that. That's, that's a tough ask, but that's what that's what uh, you're hoping happens with the, you know, with what the 49ers spent to go up to number three to draft young Trey Lance. Robert Kimdiche, we hardly knew you. Uh, I don't know if we expected Robert Kimdiche to make the roster. You know, he's a big name guy, first round pick, but you know they picked him up late off the street um, as training camp was starting and. They, you know, there there was an opportunity for some to add some depth on the interior of the defensive line. I don't know if they're setting up to make some other moves if they need to add a defensive back now with all the defensive back injuries. Um, I do have a name of a player there, but uh, Robert Kimdiche, we never really got to see him on the field. I saw him working out on the side when I was there at training camp. So I don't know if he just never really got into the system, got onto the field much. I don't know what the deal was with Robert Kimdiche, but. He has now been the latest cut to get down to 85 players for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, when it comes to adding a player, though, looking around the league of some of these early cuts, and the 49ers were mostly veterans. And by the way, the the uh, Denard was a straight-up release, so he was a free agent right away, as Kim DJ will be. But the younger players uh, that didn't accrue enough time had to be waived, and those three players... Josh Hokett, um, Keyshawn Johnson, and who's the other one? Who was the other player? Anyway, waived. Those guys all cleared waivers, so they D- are Denard, now. Denard. I talked about Denard. That's a veteran. Oh. Uh, two, uh, uh, Domasi, I don't know. No, he wore number 55. He looked out of place when I saw him at 49ers practice. I wasn't super surprised that, that he got <laughs> waived. But anyways, those guys all cleared waivers. Um, and... Today, there's a lot of other, you know, everyone's got to get to 85, so a lot of teams were waving guys. There's a, there's a guy that I like for the 49ers. His name, is, um, his name is Jamar Johnson. He was a player I liked as a safety coming out of Indiana last year, so he's only a second-year player right now, and the Denver Broncos have a really deep uh, roster at safety, and so he was kind of blocked there, and he was one of the early cuts. He was waived from Broncos camp, and so with Jimmy Ward now potentially – the news is that his hamstring might keep him out potentially mm-hmm. even into the season, or at least, you know, he's a questionable for, for week one now. And we've seen a lot of muscle strains in camp for the 49ers. Do they need to bring in a safety? I, I would I would put in a, a claim on waivers for Jamar Johnson, a young player to come in and, and maybe see what you get there uh, as a backup safety for uh, for Jimmy Ward and Tarverius Moore there. And Tar- Tarverius Moore is coming off a pretty nasty Achilles injury too, so you hope he holds up. 
So potential to for the 49ers maybe to add some some players. But uh, are you guys getting worried about all the hamstring strains and the muscle strains going on at camp right now? Because Kyle Shanahan even seems to be pretty worried about it. Hamstrings always worry me. You know, it just seems like one of those things where you think, okay, it's getting better. And so then you push it and then, oh, then you got to start all over. You know, I really, I hate hamstrings. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's a two-week thing. It's fine. There's four mm. weeks before the season starts. And then you're like, okay, this guy's still questionable going into week one. Okay, he's not going to play week one. Okay, he's still questionable going into week two. You know, it's like, it's one of those, those things that just linger and linger. And you hope it's not that case for uh, for Jimmy Ward. He's really important to that 49ers back mm. seven. Is that the is that the worst player for the 49ers to lose besides like Nick Bosa on defense, Croc? Is Jimmy Ward? Yeah. I was actually on 95-7 the game today talking about that, just his importance and what he allows his defensive coordinator to do. You know, last season the 49ers spent a lot of the season kind of hiding the cornerbacks and maybe mm-hmm. not playing as much man as one would like. But then you go out and you get oh, man, we got these two corners, got Manuel Mosley, and then you bring in Traverius Ward. It's like, oh, man, we're going to play more man. That means we can drop down uh, uh, Jimmy Ward more in man-to-man coverage or do different things with him where he's free to kind of roam and make plays. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my hamstring. Like, oh, my goodness, Mm. soft tissue injury for Ward. It it limits, I'd assume, it limits a lot of what your defensive coordinator would like to do. Because I know if I had a a guy like him, oh, man, I'm just – in the, in the lab, drawing up different things yeah. and all these different ways I could utilize them. So then, oh, he, he goes down. It's like, man, now i got to go back to playing vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ward's one of those guys, too. You could plug in almost anywhere, right? And especially in the secondary. Dude's played some linebacker. Like, yeah, that, that's a big hit for the 49ers. According to Ian Rappaport, with Jimmy Garoppolo available from the 49ers, the Jets don't appear intent on making a move. They have confidence in Joe Flacco in the likely scenario where he starts until Zach Wilson is 100% ready. And Zach Wilson did his knee surgery on Tuesday. And with the bone bruise and the recovery time, week one is in question, might go into the season, but he's you know it's not a season-ending injury or anything like that for Zach Wilson. So I guess good news for Zach Wilson. And however long that is, the Jets are cool with running with Joe Flacco. Um, I think that's you know probably what everybody expected to be the case. So that that's not a surprising report from Ian Rappaport. But what do you guys think of the the recent stories? There was Mike Silver had the story and made a bigger deal of Jimmy ghosting the 49ers in the off seasons, starting with right after they signed him to that big contract after the 2017 season. And was it? Uh, I think it was Chris Sims today, right? Kyle Shanahan's buddy was talking about it and and said they had to literally go knock on his door. Like he just would not answer the phone. They had to go to his house and knock on the door to get a hold of him in the off season. Uh, you think that's a bigger deal than we, because we'd heard about George Kittle in the past joking about it says that, that Jimmy doesn't return his text in the off season. You know, I thought it was a funny thing, but like how absent was he in the off season, <laughs> the off season, right? If you're not like, you don't have to be there and right. if you show up in great shape. Why does it even matter? Well, some guys like to disconnect, and yeah. clearly Jimmy Garoppolo did that every offseason. And I kind of like that, right? I think some guys, you know, and they tell people, don't take work home. Well, he didn't take work home. And even the people from work, when he goes home, like, dude, don't call me. Don't text me. I'll see you at the <laughs> facility. And I'm not like that. But clearly Jimmy Garoppolo is – there's two versions of him. The one in the locker room who everyone loves. He's great. He's a great leader. And then the one where – when he gets home, like maybe he's just hanging out with his brothers. Like George Kittle, mm-hmm. I don't feel like talking to you. Kyle Shanahan, I, I definitely don't want to talk to you. I just want to <laughs> hang out with my people. 
All right, so stop also, calling me. I'll see you at the facility. They, what would they be talking about too? Like, is, if it's off season, he's like, you know, I'll see you at OTAs. We'll run through. Like, what do you even want right. to talk? Send me an email if you got a document I need to look at. Maybe I'll take a peek at it. But this is the off season. I'm, I'm working. <laughs> I'll be in shape, and I'll see you at OTAs, and we'll get to work, and we'll play football. So I don't know if it's a big deal or not. Uh, I don't know, you know, who might have gotten offended by it. I wonder if he learned it from Tom Brady too. Like Tom mm, Brady's got TB12 off season. And um, and I know there's been stories where Jimmy Garoppolo went and, and 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 couldn't even get into the TB12 facility, right? So I wonder if some of the stuff Jimmy learned from Tom Brady, because Tom Brady does his TB12 thing, he shows up and he's in great shape, and there's never been any problems there either. I could play a little devil's advocate on that because you see what's happened so far this year in camp, right, with Ayuk and his chemistry, you know, with Lance. Like they got together in the off season and they worked on things and they they really kind of honed their skill set together and it's showing up in practice. I mean, it's kind of the highlight, you know, of the, the entire 49ers camp so far. And I, th- I think that probably has a lot to do with, with him and Lance getting together. And I think that's really going to pay off where, and then you, you have Jimmy G in the off season, who's not taking work home. He's taking porn stars home, you know? So there's a big difference between the two. <laughs> I'm mad at that. He's putting in a different. Yeah. Different kind of also, work. you talked about kind of getting together with people in the off season, but you know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, I don't know if he meant to tell people, but he talked about how him and and uh, Brandon Ayuk and and uh, Trey Lance they had some type of lunch out in San Diego. You know, just hanging out, had a lunch, and mm. again, maybe he's kind of drawn to that, and and yeah. maybe that's the reason why he went and made this guy uh, kind of the face of the franchise, I guess you could say, and gave up so much for him just for that, just kind of that being personal aspect of yeah. things. Yeah, and I think from a coach's perspective too, they expect you to be all in and around, even when you're not supposed to be around. Even when the collective bargaining agreement says you don't have to be around, they still kind of expect it. So I think that's part of it. But then you see, you know, the Debo stuff is like, no, I'm not going to come work out in LA or wherever it is. I'm working out in Florida. That's where I live. That's where I'm going to work out. Um, Nick Bosa, he works out with his brother in Florida. No one's ever going to be mad at the shape that Nick Bosa Mm. shows up to, to OTAs and to training camp in. Right. So, um, but that's the thing. Yeah. If you're dominant, then nobody yeah. cares. Right? right. Like, but when you're middle of the pack, it's like Nick Bosa, it's a, it's a, it's a complete afterthought of whatever's going on down there, whatever they're doing in that lab. You mm-hmm. know, he's going to come back whenever he shows up and he's going to be one of the three best players on any field that he steps on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know that. You can't really say that about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Right. No. So you would like to not say, okay, listen, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's one of, I don't know, the top 20 quarterbacks in the world. So that's no small feat. But when it came playoff time, I think 49ers were underdogs in a lot of these games because of you. So you would right. like to see him put, you know, just do a little bit more. But again, I think he did a great job of disconnecting. I think more people need to do that. And they'd probably be more sane. He, I feel like, Jimmy Garoppolo handles yeah. stress extremely well. It was almost like he was like just oblivious to everything that was going on around him and everything that everybody says. And he kind of like just doesn't care. He goes home, does his thing, shows up to work. Everybody loves him. Wink, do you think that maybe this is one of the reasons why we never saw uh, a huge jump in development with Kyle Shanahan from Jimmy Garoppolo? Like the guy that showed up in 2017 was kind of the same player that he always was. And, and we never, we uh, I always expected, okay, here's a full healthy off season. You come off a good year. Now he's going to be, you know, even better. He's going to take another step in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And he kind of never did. Do you think this is maybe one of the reasons why? Maybe. 
maybe. I mean, I also think that injuries played a lot, uh, you know, a huge role in that for, for Garoppolo because he just kept getting them. You know, there kept being the big like, oh, now he's out. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Oh, he's going to miss six weeks. You know, I think that that was a big thing for him you know, to set back. And then yeah, Kyle probably had to limit what he could do with him when he'd come back, too, because, he, you know, he, they like to run that run pass option. Right. It's So for him, it's like you couldn't really do that when, when he came back with a brand new knee. But at the same time, you know, you look at what guys are doing in the offseason and not when you're talking about a quarterback, that's a guy that's running your offense, right? You want like another coach on the field. You want a guy that knows that playbook inside and out when you're paying him twenty five million dollars a year. Like maybe you should put in a little bit of homework. Well, I think, yeah, that's the thing is like, I don't think the homework was the problem because he knew what to mm. do. And he was a mm. leader when he was around and got a lot of credit for being that leader. So that's that's right. what the weird thing is, the weird disconnect and why this story is is somewhat strange. And the way. Uh, Silver painted it in his article. It was like from the very first offseason in 2018 after they signed the big contract with him. It was like, whoa, what's going on? This guy's not returning our calls. But at the same time, the 49ers could have had, they could have traded Jimmy and gotten something for him and signed Tom Brady. And they didn't want to do that either after 2019. So they obviously didn't care that much or else they would have had, Mm -hmm. they would have taken the golden opportunity to move on from Jimmy G. I'm curious to know why is all this coming out now? Like Jimmy Garoppolo is moving on. Uh, you know, we try to move on and then something like this comes up and obviously we discuss it, but uh, it, it is weird for it to come out now when it's like, man, that stuff don't even matter anymore. Oh, man. And I, bet, I bet even more comes out, too, once Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer on the roster, which should happen at some point on or before August 30th in 2022. So we got a couple more weeks to figure out what that is going to look like for Jimmy Garoppolo's exit from the San Francisco 49ers. That's it for today. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Wink, thank you for joining us once again here on another successful Winky Wednesday. My pleasure, gentlemen. Croc and I, back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.